the map. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, you guys sound great. Let me ask you a question today. How many of you have ever been stuck before? Raise your hands. Thank you, Colbert, for your honesty. And there's even guys that have admitted it. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Maybe you were in class, different kind of stuck. Maybe you were in class and there was a math problem and you did not know the answer to the math problem and you were stuck. Or maybe you were physically stuck somewhere before. You were out driving and you ran into a pothole or there was ice or something and you got stuck. Just this week, I went down to the river to check on Slade's place down by the river and I started driving down the hill and there was water coming up the road. And I recognized that this was not going to go well for me. And so I stopped and I turned around and when I did, I got in the ditch and guess what? I got stuck. It was very exciting. And uh, so there I was, and I had to put it in four-wheel drive. I got out. Yes, I'm alive. Here I am. But I did get stuck. And there are times in life we get stuck. But here's something I want you to understand. When you get stuck in life, you need somebody to help you get unstuck. Something has to change for you to get out of being stuck And I'm not just talking about the kind of physical stuck. I mean, probably pretty soon we're going to have snow and different things go on. And some of you may may get out and get stuck. You're going to need somebody to come along and hook onto your vehicle and pull you out. Well, today's message is about that. Today's message is identifying if you're stuck. And if you are, how do you get unstuck? How do you get out of this spot and move forward in life? I'm not talking about, for some of you, It gets a little more serious because maybe you're stuck in a marriage and it's difficult. You feel stuck. Maybe you're in a job that you don't like and it's drudgery and every day you go, it's hard to get up and go and you feel stuck. I'm talking about the serious issues of life. I had an opportunity Monday night. I went out with Steve Drivenstott with Highland and rode around for him with him for a little while in the police car and, and that was when all the flooding was going on and very interesting situation happened. Some of you probably heard about it. There was a car down in Cherokee Village that decided to drive across the low water bridge. <laughs> and they got what? Yes, they did. They were pulled out in the middle of that thing and Steve responded and Brian Buchanan, another officer that goes to our church, responded and they were able to get the family out. Well, well, Bill Johns towed them over to his tow yard here and Steve and I went to check on them. We pull up and there's a, there's a family there, a black family there. And I go up and I introduce myself to them and, and the man's about this tall and his wife's about this tall. They were still trying, they, all the, they were still had the energy going in their eyes. You know, they were still excited. And I walked up and I go, how are you guys doing? He said, oh, pasta. I said, where are you from? He said, Uganda. I said, Uganda. He said, yeah. He said, we were stuck. I mean, they had come. They actually, I said, well, I introduced myself, Pastor Chris. And he goes, he got really excited. He's a pastor. They pastor a church. And they're actually pastor church over in Memphis. And they were on vacation in Cherokee Village. And I thought to myself and actually said to him, now you have sermon material for Sunday. 
Because as you guys have learned, anything that happens to you or me is probably going to end up in a sermon. And I was thinking, yeah. He goes, oh, I felt like Moses. I wanted the water to part so I could walk out on dry land. (laughs) And his wife, she was freaked out. I mean, she was sitting there and he said, oh, we pulled out and the water started filling up. This is an awesome accent, by the way. (laughs) But that's how they talk. He said, the water started filling up. And he said, I got out of the car and I stood up and I looked at my wife and I said, come on. And she looked at me and said, no. (laughs) Straight up. You know, and then the guys, uh, they did a great job. You should be really proud. Brian, as a matter of fact, went off duty, and he escorted those folks around, I don't know, hour, hour and a half, got them to another location, and they were so thankful, but, but they were stuck. And many times in life, that's where we're at. But like her, we need help, and we go, no. <laughs> but you got to have help sometimes. There's a couple of Bible stories that I want to share with us today about people that were stuck in their situations, and they needed God to do something miraculous to get them out of it, okay? They needed help. And I I looked up the definition of stuck in the dictionary, and, and this is what it says. Stuck means to become fastened, hindered, checked, or stationary by some obstruction. In other words, when you get stuck, there's something holding on to you. In the natural, it might be a ditch or a river or whatever it is, but there's something there that's keeping you from going, doing, or being who you want to be. And so we get stuck in life in these different situations. The good news is Jesus came to get us unstuck. Now, look in the Old Testament. There was a guy named Gideon, and Gideon's a very interesting character. I encourage you to go study about him in the Old Testament. He's, he's found in the book of Judges, and I'm just going to read a little bit about him today, and then I'm going to tell you a story out of the New Testament. But Judges chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, and it's on your notes or it's up on the screen. Let me tell you a little bit about this story. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them over into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel, and because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel and no sheep or ox or donkey. And here's what would happen. The people of Israel at this time were an agrarian society. They made their living. They lived by primarily growing you know, crops or raising animals, and that's how they survived. And what happened is because they, they were living in sin, they had rebelled against God, they'd begun to worship the gods of the people around them, and so the Lord allowed some of these other nations to come against them. And what would happen is every year the Israelites would go out, plant their crops, raise their animals, and then these huge throngs of people would invade their land and steal everything they had. To try to hide some of this produce, they would go up into the mountains and hide it in caves and different places. So they were in a terrible situation. They were under stress. I want you to understand something. Stress will kill you. Stress will kill you. I want you to imagine every day not knowing if you were going to look on the horizon and an army was going to be coming to steal everything that you had. That's how these people were living. And there was a guy named Gideon. 
And Gideon was down in the wine press. He was in the basement of a house or a barn. We don't, I don't know which one. But he was down there hiding from all these people. And the Bible tells us that he was down there threshing grain. In other words, something they would typically do outside. He had gone inside to hide from these people to thresh the grain so that they would have something to eat. Something very interesting happens. An angel shows up. And the angel shows up and looks at Gideon and says, Hello, man of valor. In other words, hello, brave guy. And, I, and, and Gideon's probably looking around going, dude, I don't know if you know this, but I'm hiding. I'm the opposite of brave. This isn't the sermon today, but just a side note, God sees who you really are on the inside. God sees who you can be at your potential. And that's what God's calling out here in Gideon. But I want you to hear something that Gideon has to say today about being stuck. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Now listen to this next statement. This is Judges 6. And Gideon said to the angel, Listen, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? And where are all of his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. You know, one of the things I love about the Bible is it does not pull any punches. You don't see Gideon going, Oh, it's the angel of the Lord. I don't know why I'm still talking in... Ugandese or how, whatever the language is. But, but the reality is he just says what's in his heart. If Hey, angel, if God's real, why is this happening to us? That's what he said. Why am I stuck down in here scared half to death? Where are all these miracles that I've heard about? I'm stuck and I don't understand. What about you? Some of you may look at your life and go, I'm stuck, and I've heard about all these miracles that God's done, but where are they? Where is Jesus? I want you to take heart today. Some of you feel like you can't be honest with God. Let me help you. God already knows. He already knows what's going on in your heart. He already knows how you feel. Notice the angel didn't reprimand him. It's like, look. God knows what you're dealing with. Jesus knows what you're going through, and he can do something about it. But hear me today. Hear this. God wants to get you unstuck, but sometimes he wants you to participate in that. And sometimes God wants you to become unstuck so you can help other people become unstuck. And that's what he did with Gideon. He helped Gideon. You're going to have to read the story because I don't have time to cover it today. He helped Gideon become the man that he always wanted to be and probably dreamed he never could be. And Gideon ended up saving the entire nation of Israel because he allowed God to get him unstuck. Let's look at the New Testament real quick. I'm going to talk about a guy named Bartimaeus. Now, Bartimaeus was a blind man. We don't know if he was blind at birth or if he became blind later, but we do know that Bartimaeus lived in the town of Jericho. And every day the the people would take him out and set him at the entrance of the gate in Jericho and he would beg for money. When people would walk through the gate, he would have his hand out to get money. He'd wrap himself in a cloak and sit there, okay? Now look, Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, this out of the New King James. 
Now they, and they was Jesus and the disciples, came to Jericho. And as Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples, there was a great crowd with them. There's a huge crowd following Jesus. And blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was walking by, listen to this, he began to cry out and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But then watch what happened. There were people standing around Bartimaeus, and this is what they said to him. Many of the people warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. I want to make a side note for you here. Bartimaeus knew Jesus was walking by, and he began to cry out. But the people around him, Bartimaeus was inconveniencing them. Hey, shut up, That's what they said. Quit bothering Jesus. He's important and you're a blind guy. Quit bothering Jesus. I want you to understand something. For some of you in your life, when you find yourself stuck and you know, maybe I need to try God out. Maybe I need to get some help. There will always be people around you that tell you that's a bad idea. There will be people in your life go, ah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to try that church thing. I tried that church thing. And and there are always going to be people that say, ah, no, not you. You don't deserve it. You know how bad you are. Keep you from coming to the truth. Keep you from coming to who Jesus is. Watch what Jesus does, though. So Jesus stood still and commanded Bartimaeus to be called to him. Then they called the blind man and they said, be of good cheer, rise, Jesus is calling you. Now, I don't know if you see this. This is hilarious. Who's telling Bartimaeus to shut up? Now who's saying, hey, good news, Jesus wants to see you. The crowd is fickle. The crowd is fickle. And they turned on a dime. Jesus says, hey, hey, he's not bothering me. Bring him to me. Oh, it's okay. Come on, Bartimaeus. He's my friend. You know, now they're all, they were telling him to be quiet a minute ago. That's how people are, y'all. That's how people are. So they called to the blind man and they said, be of good cheers. Rise. Jesus is calling you. And watch this. This is beautiful. And throwing aside his garment, Bartimaeus rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, which means teacher, I want to receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I love this next statement. And immediately Bartimaeus received his sight and he followed Jesus on the road. Here's the deal. Regardless of where you may be stuck in your life, There's a solution. And I'm going to give you three simple things today that will help you get unstuck. Now, let me tell you something. There are some of you here that would look at your life and things are going well. You're in a season right now that's awesome. And praise God for that. Amen. There are some of you here that are are here right now that are going through challenges. You're stuck. This will help you get unstuck if you will be obedient to what God is saying. And that's the big word, if. Will you allow God to work in your life? Will you cooperate with him and allow him to work? Okay, so let's look at number one. The first thing you have to do when you're stuck is, number one, admit that you are stuck. 
You say, well, that doesn't seem like to be that big of a deal. How many of you have ever been lost? All right, ladies, put your hand down. Let me see the guys. Oh, all the guys. Are like, no, man, I don't know who that was. How many of you guys like to admit when you're lost? Nobody. <laughs> Honey, you're lost. No, we're not. We'll eventually get there. <laughs> These maps are just suggestions anyway. <laughs> but there are times in life we don't want to admit we're stuck. You know, there, there are people probably in this room, maybe some guys in the room, you've got a flat, you're on the side of the road. One of your neighbors drives by and go, hey, man, you got a flat? No, I'm good, man. I'm good. You need some help? Your car's on fire. No, I'm good. Warming my hands. You know what I mean? And we, and we are in denial. And the only person we're fooling is ourselves. We're stuck. And we have to admit that we're stuck. Look at what Jesus, he had this run-in with this religious crowd. I want you to see what he says to them. If we're, well, I'm going to say this. If we're ever going to be free, we must first recognize that we are not free. John 8, 31 through 34 says this out of the New King James. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now they, and in parentheses I put the religious leaders, answered Jesus. And this is what they said. We are Abraham's descendants. And we've never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Now, here's what's crazy about that statement. At this time, who were they in bondage to? Rome. They were actually in bondage from Rome, the most powerful country, maybe even in the history of the world. Rome conquered them and was telling them what they could do and not do at that time. Now, we can look back to Gideon's day. Who were they in bondage to? All these people that were invading them. You can look at the biblical history of Israel, and they've been in bondage tons of times. So it's ridiculous that these guys would look at Jesus and go, we've never been in bondage to anyone. He was nicer than I would have been. This is what Jesus says. Jesus answered them, and he said, most assuredly, in our vernacular, for real, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever. But look at this. But a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus cut down to the chase and said, I'm not going to argue with you about history. He said, I'm going to tell you about your own individual life. If you sin, then you become a slave to sin. But I can set you free. But notice this. Here's the implied if here. Here's the implied you here. If you don't admit you need help, you're not getting it. And they had to get to the place where they realized they were sinners. You say, well, how, how can this be, Pastor? Well, what if Bartimaeus would have said, I'm not blind? Would he have gotten healed? Would it have been ridiculous for Bartimaeus to say he's not blind? Yeah, we can all agree with that. What about you? I don't have an addiction problem. Do you not? If you do, then admit it. And get, I mean, we can run our entire lives and never be healed. It is your choice. And Jesus is saying, hey, I can set you free. I can set you free. Let's go to this next point. 
So the first point then is we got to admit we're stuck. Here's the second point. We have to call out to Jesus. Guys, listen. There is only one name. There is only one way to get free. There is only one way to get to heaven. There is only one Savior. There is only one Lord, and his name is Jesus. Okay? Look what Bartimaeus does. Mark 10, verse 47. And when they heard that it... And when he heard that it was Jesus, the son of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I love this statement. Look at this. Just like Gideon, Gideon was just speaking the truth out of his heart. And he was saying, I don't understand why this is going on. This is what Bartimaeus does. Bartimaeus makes his request known to God just by crying out to him. Do you notice his words aren't fancy? He doesn't have to say all the right things. Some of you feel like, well, I can't really talk to God because I don't know how to speak that way. Look, he's God. You know, I don't require my kids to come to me and say, oh, Father, oh, Father, Daddy, Father. Oh, Father, Daddy, Father, 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 Father. You know, just talk to me. Come. Tell me what's going on in your life. I already know, but come to me. And that's what God is looking for. And so Bartimaeus gets God's attention because in the sincerity of his heart, he begins to cry out to Jesus, and Jesus hears him. And for some of you, you need to understand one of the things we use in a Texas term. I don't know if everybody in Texas uses it, but we do. You don't have to hold your mouth just right to get God's attention. You just have to cry out to Jesus in sincerity. Because man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And Bartimaeus cried out in sincerity, and Jesus heard him. You know, there's a song out on Christian radio right now, and it says, when you don't know what to say, just say Jesus. And the Holy Spirit inside of us many times, the Holy Spirit tells us, the Word of God tells us in the New Testament that sometimes when we don't even know what to say, the groanings of the Holy Spirit in us will speak to the heart of God. How many of you would ever say there was a time in your life where you were so broken you didn't even know what to pray? Yeah, many of you have been there. But I want you to understand something. God sees that. And he knows what you're saying without you saying a word. Sometimes it's just crying out to Jesus. And that's what Bartimaeus was doing here. But there's something else you have to do. You have to come to Jesus, and that's number three. Come to Jesus. Mark 10, verse 50 says this, And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. You know, there's something very significant here that if you don't really understand it, you'll miss it. How many of you growing up maybe had like a little security blanket you carried around as a kid? Kind of like Linus, you know. Some of you are looking away. You don't even want me to see you. I understand. How many, maybe a little teddy bear. There was something you had. There you go. Thank you. I got a few more hands. But it was your security. It was the thing that, you know, you identified with. And everything else was going crazy. You had that, you had that blankie. You had that whatever. It changes when we get older. It becomes pickup trucks and <laughs> other things. But a lot of times as a kid, it's this thing you identify with that if you just have that close to you, you feel okay. I want you to understand something. For a blind man like Bartimaeus, he had a cloak, like his jacket. 
But that cloak provided him security from the weather. That cloak was the thing that he could hold on to that kind of covered him. That cloak was there to remind him that he had a little bit of protection. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus called him, he jumped up and he threw off his cloak. He threw off his security. What he had relied on before, he got rid of it. And he came to Jesus for real security and real hope. He had found a new place for hope, and that was found in Jesus. And I love the fact that he came to Jesus, and Jesus said, what do you need? And he said, Lord, I want to see. And he, and he said, your faith has made you well. And something interesting happened at that point. Not only, obviously, he was healed, and that was awesome, but the Bible tells us that he followed Jesus. And that's what a lot of us do. We come to know him, and then we follow him because we're thankful we're thankful, and that's what Bartimaeus did. I want you to understand something today. You need to get real. Trisha's right. It doesn't matter if you start with 50 resolutions this year. If you don't have your relationship with God right, the rest of it's not going to work out. And I would challenge you in this. Get that relationship right. Get that relationship as your priority. And then the other things in your life will begin to, to line up. And the first thing you have to do is admit that you need him. You know, some of us feel like in life, well, if I just try harder, well, if I'm just better, well, if I just do this and just do that, and it doesn't work that way, you can never be good enough. You just have to come to him like Bartimaeus did and said, here I am. Here I am. There's another point that I want to go over here at the very end, but I'm going to have us pray first because the Lord showed me something very interesting here that I want to share with you. But I feel like at this moment, let's just all go into an attitude of prayer real quick. Just all bow our heads. I want you to forget everybody around you. Just forget everybody around you for a moment. And I want you just to take a moment to get real with yourself. If there's blindness in your life, like Bartimaeus, admit, Lord, I need help. If you're like Gideon, maybe you're like Gideon and you're going, God, where are you? God can handle your questions. He's bigger than that. And he's got a plan. But just be in this moment, just be honest with him. If you're having challenges in your marriage, be honest with God. If you're having challenges with your faith, God, where are you? That's okay. This is a good place to ask questions. If you're fighting an addiction, it's a good time to be set free. You know, I love that Jesus just meets us where we are born in a manger not scared to get dirty suffered on a cross a terrible death so that you could be free you need to decide now to make 2016 the best year you've ever had and it can happen regardless of what happened in 2015 today is a new day today is the day of the Lord today is the day that you can get it right Nobody looking around. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you know about him, maybe like Bartimaeus, you've heard about him, but you've never met him. Today's your day. Today is your day. 
you're here and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord, if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, if you want to receive that adoption that Jesus was talking about, become a son, a daughter in his kingdom. Today is your day. Say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus. If that's you, just slip up your hands. Say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. I see those hands. I see your hands. I see your hand, dude. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you're stuck. I'm telling you, God was very specific with me about this message. This is for some people. He doesn't give me messages for no reason. And if you find yourself stuck, he's talking to you. He's saying, if you want to be unstuck, I can help you. But just like Bartimaeus had to come to Jesus, I think as an act of faith, you need to come. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm stuck, I recognize it but I don't want to be stuck anymore. If that's you, slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. Amen. Hands all over the auditorium. Put your hands down. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to continue in, in an attitude of prayer. If you raised your hand for any reason, whether it's salvation or you find yourself stuck, I'd like you just to come down and just stand in front of me here in front of the altar, and we're going to pray. If that's you, just come on up. Amen. Amen. God is so good, y'all, and he loves you. Amen. 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 Here's what I want us to do. We've got a lot of folks up here for different reasons. And here's what I want us to do. Regardless of why you came up here, there's some of these folks up here that raise their hand for salvation. That's the most important decision you'll ever make. You understand? It's the most important decision you'll ever make. And I want us to all pray this together. If you came up here, let's just all put our hands on our heart. And even out there, let's just join them in faith, guys. If you came up here for salvation, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you came and you died and you rose again for me. You paid my sins on the cross. I ask you today, be my Savior and be my Lord, I believe. If you prayed that and you meant it, just like we talked about, you're saved. You're adopted into God's family. And there's other steps you need to take to grow in Him and become the person that, that He wants you to be. And, and we want to talk to you through that. And so some of you that have prayed that, you just after service, I want you to stay here. I want to talk to you for a couple minutes. But there's some of you that came up here because you're stuck. And there's others of you out there that are stuck too. You just didn't come up. Okay? And it's time to get unstuck. But like Bartimaeus, we have to do what he said. We have to come to him, and we have to just give him whatever we're stuck with and just be honest with him and say, Lord, I'm stuck, and I'm stuck in certain areas of my life, and I need your help. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a relationship challenge. Whatever it is, God can help you. And I want to tell you something. Your act of faith being here is big to God. Listen, Bartimaeus didn't care what everybody else thought. He wanted to be healed. And for those of you that have come up here, that's big to God. That's big. So we're going to go through and we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lay hands. I'm going to pray for each one of you. I'm going to pray as you come in faith that God's going to help you get unstuck today. You understand? 
I believe that. And where you are, this is important for these people. So I want you to be praying. Where you are, I want you to be praying for these people that are up here. Amen. Some of these people are going to get set free from things they've been fighting their whole life. And we're going to give them that opportunity to become free. Amen. So let's just stay in an attitude of prayer for a moment. I want you to know it's worth it. Amen. I want you to hear this final thought. When Jesus stopped, when Bartimaeus was yelling at him, when Jesus stopped and he looked at the crowd and he said, call him. And the next verse says, so they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, Jesus is calling you. That's what the Lord showed me this week. Who is they? Who is they? Everybody put your finger up. Point at yourself. You are they. Bartimaeus was calling out to Jesus, and Jesus looked at the crowd and said, Go get him. Jesus could have healed him on the spot, but he got the people around him involved. I want you to understand something today, church. You are they. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. You are his mouth, and his power resides in you. And the power of the Holy Spirit lives in you, and you are they. And Jesus looked at his disciples. He looks at the church, and he says, you are the light of the world. You're a city on a hill. Go shine and point people towards me. You are they. Be that. Be his hands. Be his feet. Love the people around you. Bring them to Jesus. It's not your responsibility to heal them. It's his. Be them. Amen. God's done some miracles in people's lives this morning, folks. Let's stand up. You feel his presence today? He is in the saving people business. He is in the healing people business. And he loves you. You need to leave this place as the light of the world. Do you understand? Grab your neighbor's hand this morning. Father, thank you for what you're doing in people's lives. Thank you for what you've done today. Lord, thank you for just letting us be a part of that. I just pray today, Father, that you would leave us, have us leave this place changed. Help us to understand that we are they. You've called us and commissioned us to reach those around us that are lost and hopeless and helpless. Help us to be your hands and your feet. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Help us, Lord, to be the people that we never dreamed we could be and always wanted to be. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. We need to high-five three people and go to lunch. God loves you. service? I didn't think so. He ain't ever sat still that long.